A Red Rose My grandfather was a cheerful man who loved nothing more than being with his family. When I was little, he would drive over bringing along rasgullas and peras for my sister and me. After eating the goodies, the three of us would walk to the nearby bookstore where my sister would buy the latest Nancy Drew adventure. I loved reading Archie comics, but was forced to pick up short illustrated volumes of Ramayana, as per Grandpa's wishes. I have come to love and treasure these books since. Grandpa taught me the value of hard work and the importance of trying one's best. Those who try never fail, he used to say. He was always positive about life and he never uttered a harsh word. In fact, he was quite the opposite of my grandmother, who was always unhappy and made people around her feel the same way too. Ten years ago, Grandpa started to lose his memory. At first, we ignored it as a common age-related phenomenon. But soon, the problem grew worse. He would go out on some work and forget the way home. He would ask the same question over and over. He would even ask about his father, who had been dead for years. Where is he? He was here a few minutes ago. Still, we failed to recognize the gravity of it all. Like most families, we were caught up in our own lives. Finally, Grandpa's condition couldn't be ignored anymore. We took him to a doctor who diagnosed that he was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. We were all stunned. Nobody in our family had a history of such an illness. Moreover, this was one ailment for which medical science had not found a cure. I was in disbelief. Here was a man who was physically fit, who did his daily yoga asanas, ate healthy food, went for daily walks, and visited a doctor regularly. That such a thing could befall him seemed like a bad dream. My semi-literate grandmother laid down the issue. He's just stressed. All he needs is a little rest, she said repeatedly. I felt bad for my mother, who already had her hands full. She had a husband who demanded her constant attention and a daughter who went everywhere but to school. Then there was me who was flunking math. I vowed to help and go more often to grandpa's house as I still enjoyed his company. Sure, it meant listening to the same things over and over again, but it was fun in a way. He would speak about his college days in Lahore, his friends there, the house he grew up in and his neighbors, among whom he proudly included the Bollywood star Devanand. My grandmother, however, refused to adjust. She fought with grandpa and criticized him in the presence of others. There were numerous instances when grandpa and I would be sitting together and she would walk in and say to me, why don't you take him to a resort? Pressure will cure his problem. All he does is sit here all day like a zombie. Naturally, Grandpa got upset sometimes. He would walk away silently into his bedroom while I protested and tried to reason with Granny. I requested her to deal with the problem placidly. After all, things could have been a lot worse. It could have been cancer or some kind of paralysis.
we needed to remember the silver lining and thank the Lord. A few weeks later, my mother received a telephone call. Something terribly had happened. She said, we rushed over to my grandparents' house in South Mumbai and found my grandmother sitting on the sofa and sobbing, holding her injured foot. Grandpa had attacked her, she said. Bouts of violence are common amongst Alzheimer's patients. And this was our first experience with it. Something drastic had to be done. So we approached various old age homes, but were turned down because they did not admit people with unsound mental health. Sadly, there was no institution in Mumbai that would care for a patient with this kind of illness. After a lot of deliberation, my parents decided that grandpa and granny would have to move closer to us. We had rented out the first floor of our house, but now it was time for them to move into it. This would save us the trouble of traveling to South Mumbai from the suburbs every day. And monitoring and caring for them would become easier too. But Granny didn't want to move. She had lived in her house for most of her life. She didn't want to leave her prized rose garden behind. To be fair, the garden really was spectacular. It had the sweetest smelling roses one could ever find. Yellow, white and my personal favorite, red. Ever since I was a young boy, I had wanted to pluck a few and take them home. But alas, every time I tried to, I was caught and given earful. So we assured Granny that the garden would be tended to. But then she brought up a new issue, the all-important kitty party. A gathering of women her age that she absolutely had to go to once a week. I volunteered to take care of Grandpa in her absence. On those days, finally after a dozen more excuses, all of which were shot down, she agreed. Within a few days, they had moved in with us. Nobody slept that first night after they arrived. Everyone stayed alert and kept their phones closed. When mother went downstairs with the morning tea the next day, she was greeted by a tired-looking granny and a very chirpy grandpa. Good heavens, you look terrible, my mother said to granny. That's because I haven't slept a wink, came granny's response. She had that look. The look a bull mastiff has when someone has taken its bone away. Your father kept me up all night. He was in the kitchen looking for food and dropped the utensils in the process. When I ran to see what had happened and protested, he threatened to slap me. Oh my God, said mother, her eyes and mouth wide open. Then he walked away and probably slept. Later, I woke up again and I felt something sitting on top of me, Granny continued. Was it the cat? No, it was your father. He mistook me for a cushion. Mother suddenly noticed yellow stained clothes in the corner. What are those? she asked. He has peed in his pajamas and soaked them. Mother buried his face in her palms and then threw her hands up in the air helplessly.
Three more days went by in a similar fashion. On the fourth day, we saw some improvement with Grandpa sleeping soundly throughout the night. Unfortunately, Granny had lost her patience by then. She packed her bags, ready to move back to her house in southern Mumbai. We tried convincing her, but to no avail. She left anyway. As the days went by, my involvement with Grandpa grew. I gave a cricket with friends in the evenings to take him out. We would hold hands and stroll around the building. It was sad that he was turning into a kid again, but we were both on the same page now. At the end of the walk, we routinely bit into our customary kulfis and smiled at each other. Months later, there was another ill-fated incident. Granny was traveling to Kandala to visit her sister, and my parents were out of town too. Since I had to look after Grandpa and his home, I decided to bring my stereo system and play him the only two Hemant Kumar songs that he remembered. When I entered the room, I found Grandpa in an animated conversation with the office boy who also helped out at home. The boy knew my grandfather's condition, but after answering repeated questions about long dead erstwhile business associates, he had reached his limit. The moment he saw me, he suggested that I grant him the rest of the day off. I thought about it and agreed. I was confident of handling Grandpa all by myself. By the noon, the maid had completed the day's work and left. It was nearly half past three. I don't sleep in the afternoons, but Grandpa felt like taking a nap. He slowly walked to his bedroom, leaving me to my own devices. Watching television would mean disturbing him. So I opted for reading the novel I had bought with me. The book was so dull that I was snoring within 15 minutes. Suddenly, Grandpa woke me up. Who are you? He asked. I'm your grandson, Saurav, I responded, slightly rattled by the anger I saw on his face. Who's Saurav, your grandson? I don't have a grandson. Get out, he hollered in rage. But I need to stay here and look after you, I said, get out. No, calm down, Grandpa. He rolled up his sleeves and rushed at me, roaring. Don't make me do something I might regret later. Please sit down, I yelled at the top of my voice. Taken aback at my unexpected reaction, he stumbled back to his bedroom, still muttering expletives. I was in dilemma. He wanted me to go, but I couldn't leave him alone to wander about and get lost outside, or even run over while crossing the road. Frantically, I telephoned Granny, but her phone was unreachable. Soon, Grandpa walked into the room again and I froze with fear. Why haven't you left yet? I am the owner of this place. Get out. Before I could respond, bam, came the blow and I was knocked off my feet. He had missed my left eye by a whisker. Once again, he walked back to his bedroom and closed the door. I sat on the sofa, nursing my injured cheek and thinking about the absurdity of 
what had just happened. Five minutes went by, the door opened and Grandpa came out with his hands behind his back. He saw me sitting there and walked slowly towards me with a stern look on his face. This time I was prepared to duck or even run if required. There was no question of fighting back and hurting him, of course. Grandpa came and stood within a few inches of me, his hands still behind his back. Then he extended his right hand and slowly caressed my cheek and wiped away my tears. And taking his left hand from behind his back, he presented me with a beautiful red rose. This story was written by Saurav Kumar and edited by Sudha Murthy. Hope you like the story. If you like it, please like, share and subscribe. And let me know in the comments that whether you liked it or not. Thank you.